inside joke for you there, Adam. Oh, that's very. Uh, that's not mainstream. That's it's downstream. downstream. Third stream, maybe. Third, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Jazz explained. Explained. So, third stream music, Peter. Yes. I'm not really that big of a fan. I mean, I know I'm it's not a, a fan <laughs> of third stream. I'm not a fan of third stream. Third stream. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a Gunther Schuler? Was that? Is that who yeah, but you know what? I can't say I'm not a fan. I don't really. I don't know, know much about it, it either. I like, like name me a third stream track. I don't really know, yeah, so but I know it was like it's also a particular era of this like uh, this convergence, convergence, confluence, confluence, Conf- of, <laughs> of classical and jazz. Yeah, right? maybe, maybe. But I don't know. I I know. I mean, uh, it's fusion, right? Kind of. Yeah, third but stream. It's, but it's kind of like fusion and like it's like pan. Pan classical. <laughs> well, I'm, I do like the third place. Do you know about that? No. That's the coffee shop. That was the original oh. Starbucks model. I'm you old. have home, you yeah. have work. Now people work from home, so it's one place. Oh, yeah. But it was home, work, and then coffee shop. A third place for coffee. Well, it was like if you were unemployed or a consultant, that was your work. That was so your it work. was more like your first place. Oh, man. I'm reminded that there was a really amazing scene. Remember that show 30 Rock? Yes. Tina Fey? Of course. She had this horrible boyfriend named Dennis, and he was always having, he always had like harebrained schemes for trying to make money, like businesses, like he sold pagers, <laughs> like in the, you know, 2000s, right. whatever. He was like, I got a, I got a coffee, he's like, I got a coffee vending machine business going. Mm. And Liz was like, what are you talking about? Coffee vending machine? <laughs> he's like, yeah, pr- here's the thing, Liz, everyone loves coffee, right? Problem. Where do you get it? And Liz Lemon goes, Dennis, you get it everywhere. You literally get it everywhere. He's right. like, no, you get it in the basement of Kmart. Just ask Jerry for the key and you go down to my vending machine. That's anyway, right. right. Hilarious show. Good and, stuff. Uh, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed that little <laughs> Which segues nicely to, to what we're talking about today. Yeah, mainstream. A, mainstream. Well, we got yeah. a speak stream. Speak pipe. Stream, <laughs> speak stream pipe. <laughs> what do we got? We got a tinkle, tinkle in the stream. Pipe. I'm not <laughs> tinkle, a fan tinkle, of tinkle, tinkle. Jazz. No. Oh, Fred, come on, buddy. You know what? He remind the way he's saying that. It's kind of like what we just said about third stream. We can't. We. we I don't think he can name any jazz that he's not a fan of, or that he's a fan of. See, I, I, I again, think, I'm going to just say, I bet he is kind of a fan of some jazz. Well, of course, but he's, I'm saying the character that he, like the whole shtick yeah, that he's doing. The right? character. I yeah. think the that's the fun part about jazz is the more you know about it, the more you can make fun of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Because there definitely are things that are hilarious and awkward and funny <laughs> about every genre, really. Right. But you got to be kind of... That's why I think like he knows a little bit about it. Yeah. Because even the track he chose for that little skit right. was like, oh, yeah. I of mean, course. You, you had to know what, to, what you were looking for. It wasn't like an Oscar Peterson track or something. <laughs> right, you know? right, right, right. All right. So this is... Uh, we got a speak pipe here. Speak which pipe. Is a voicemail. You can leave us your voicemail at youllhearit.com. Did you know that, Peter? I did know that. And we always make it sound super convoluted and complicated. But it's really easy. Many people do it. It's mainstream. Yeah. And we don't accept all... We're, we're being inundated or unindated. Unindated? Inundated? In, in, inundated. Inundated. <laughs> inundated. I love it when we, we challenge each other. Like, which public school education was... Uh, even more inferior between both of us. And then we kind of, it's like a race to the bottom for us. There's really us. no way to tell that English is our first language when you listen, <laughs> if you're a regular listener of the pod. Well, it's not. That's the, we were going to do this podcast in German or in Lithuanian, which we both speak fluently, but we didn't want to exclude oh, non-English speakers, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got what they call around here High Ridge English. <laughs> U-City um, English. U-City English, yeah. But no, but we've been, um, we have a lot of uh, 
speak pipes. So we're not able to get to all of them. So we're starting to pick, be a little selective. Yeah. So, and this is not to uh, scare anybody away. Please bring us your questions. You don't have to, obviously you don't have to speak the Queen's English to appear on this podcast. <laughs> we're Queens, here, right? The Queen's English. <laughs> what is that even? Uh, I, we wouldn't know. <laughs> we wouldn't know. Uh, this is a, a voice message. A good question here from Jared. Sorry. Okay. Hey, Adam and Peter. Jared from Boston here. Um, longtime listener of the pod. Absolutely love it. Really interested to know what you guys think it takes for jazz music to be, or jazz influence music Wait, can to you be pause like this for just a second? digestible. Is that, is that so awkward to pause it? But okay, play, um, I don't. I'm not a fan of Is that oh, a similar, jazz. do you think this and is Fred? I, <laughs> I think this is Fred hiding. Oh, interesting. As I'm not sure. Sure. Similar. Jared. Uh, <laughs> Armisen, so. maybe? But, but a little close. A little close. Oh, no, yeah. okay. Let's okay. Let's to know what you guys think it takes for jazz music to be, or jazz influence music to be, like, mainstream digestible. Like, some of my favorite examples would be, like, Buena Vista Social Club and RH Factor and stuff like that. Anyway. Cheers, guys. So those are interesting choices that yeah. his examples. So Buena Vista Social Club obviously is like the, the Brazi- um, Brazilian, Cuban, yeah, Cuban musicians uh, playing very traditional Cuban music, right? Um, certainly, jazz was influenced by, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say their music is. I guess it well, is. a couple of the players on yeah, that were, 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 I think they were all influenced by jazz, and you could say jazz. some of them. Yeah. If, you know, were jazz musicians. That's true. Because there's some imp- But I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I, I would say that I think that we, you know, we look at uh, jazz as a very, you know, inclusionary term, inclusive, inclusive term. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem with Buena Vista Social Club or RH Factor being called jazz records. I mean, they're both great. Those are both Yeah, I would prefer to just call them great albums. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so just not because I, I don't think that they, I don't think any of this stuff needs to fit in into anything. Mm-hmm. If we can get over the term, like if we can look at jazz as just something celebratory or ba- or calling it BAM or I'm very open to another name, but whatever the umbrella. Yeah, the name is always going to be a problem. It's, it's always going to be a problem. Because the name is, it's, we're talking about music that's been around for a hundred years now. And so yeah. the name, you know, are you talking about King Porter, <laughs> you're talking about Domi and J.D. Beck, right? Right. Both you could label this, this is or isn't jazz, right? Yeah. That's so stupid. And it's all just music and it obviously has a thread of black American music, uh, which we could label. But I think the label is a killer in, in and of itself. Right. Most people that I know that make music have their own influences and they make music based on those influences. Right. And so that is from a number of things. So I think, first of all, like it's problematic to like really put a label on it because then you're just going to box yourself into this. Like, well, some people who you might say play jazz, like you might say, Oh, Nicholas Payton is a jazz trumpeter. Yeah. He wouldn't say that about himself. And in fact says jazz died in 1959. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, that gets to be a problem and of, of trying to describe these things. But I think what Jared is talking about are just by his examples, like, you know, music that has obviously black American influence and sort of these like, deeper, richer, rhythmic and harmonic and melodic structures. Yeah. Improvisation based probably, or uh, improvisation is a factor, a big factor in the music. Yeah. So if we can like say that is our basis instead of jazz influenced or something, I think that would be easier to talk about. Right. And I think that, you know, that's exactly it. So like a, a, a recording that 
is within the jazz realm or jazz adjacent, whatever you want to say, that becomes jazz like adjacent. a hit. Jazz? <laughs> this. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, okay, somebody that, I mean, it's, it's all screwed up now because who's collecting records and stuff and CDs? I don't know. Yeah. Some people are. But in terms of like what you listen to, there's people that want to like listen to quality music, but they have a genre that they really enjoy. And maybe they don't have a lot of jazz records, but they might have... Buena Vista Social Club and that or RH Factor and that that would put them down the rabbit hole of those things that are adjacent to those recordings with those different artists and stuff which I think is great so it almost becomes a thing of like what's a great document of something that's kind of in the very inclusive jazz world that has crossed over so you talk about those recordings but then you know you, you kind of blue is like kind of the big elephant in the room I think for that in terms of a obviously no one's going to argue that that's not a great jazz record yeah that has that has crossed over but also a love supreme like we forget and blue train like some of these recordings have gone mainstream I mean, we could up uh, dave brubeck time out you know there's um yeah. uh went marsalis hot house flowers that uh and i believe even um black holes from the underground like these these recordings went mainstream in totally. terms of like you know millions of copies sold yep. and streams or whatever and so i think what makes them go mainstream first of all it's got to be a just fantastic document a fantastic recording yep you know and and usually it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of a story attached to it somehow yep that could be in terms of the artwork it could be in terms of the title black codes from the underground what a fantastic title fantastic album cover when a vista social club had a a great story of reunion of these artists going back to this what i believe is actually sort of a fictional Mm -hmm. club or not something that they all were at but it was a story there was the movie of course but the recording is just unbelievable the, the playing is beautiful the sound but the whole story about them recording in havana you know rye cooter is you know as a master storyteller and it's beautiful uh, um, the german director was it vim vendors or whoever i mean it's that's an extraordinary story you yeah. know you don't always have to have that um but kind of blue incredible sound incredible playing incredible programming in- incredible musical story in terms of of that so but there have been other jazz adjacent records too even that you wouldn't put into that even traditional thing that I think stand out as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? That have but we, why we got to go adjacent? Why we could, couldn't we even talk right within jazz? You could talk right within jazz. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I think, you know, what Jared is asking is what does it take? I think you're, you're the point you're making too, is it's got to be good. Yeah. <laughs> like it's got to be really good. But I think those good. three elements, yeah. like it's got to be great. The playing, yep. obviously, but not just the playing, the music. The music has so, to be good. Yeah. There has to be something different and special about it. Yeah. Even amongst its genre. I mean, I think of like, even in the past 20 some odd years, like Nora Jones, come away with me. Yeah. One of the biggest records of its, of the decade. Yeah. And there's, you know, Brian blade on that record. Like there's, yeah. there's, there's jazz musicians on there. She's obviously, you know, part of some kind of scene or was part of some kind of scene in New York full of jazz musicians. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, a couple of years later, Robert Glasper's black, uh, radio. Yeah. You know, for sure. Jazz adjacent as Robert Glasper is, you know, an amazing pianist. Right. Right. And even but would just, you say some of his trio records, did they go mainstream or no? No, no, okay, definitely so, okay. not. You know, so you I, got a different, you, we have a different shelf we're talking about. I, but I think like that's okay. Like these things keep popping out though. I mean, yeah. even in this past year, was John Batiste's record a jazz record? No. Right. But I've seen him play Jelly Roll Morton compositions before you know yeah. what i mean like he is a jazz pianist like he's, he's he's steeped in the tradition well maybe that's it too so like we're talking about stuff that the jazz sensibility the jazz spirit the jazz you know joie de vivre like is brought to these recordings so like john baptiste there's that improvisational flair there's that new orleans flair buena vista social club you know 
um, um, Ruben Gonzalez. Ruben Gonzalez is that the pianist's name? Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, you know, is just incredible improvisations. You know, elegant and you know groove, but very jazz influenced. You know, mm-hmm. Thelonious Monk influence. So like those elements are coming into that. That's where why I would say inclusive of calling it jazz, jazz adjacent, whatever you want to be. Um, but yeah, so it's like the music, mm-hmm. but just killing from beginning to end, playing, programmed everything. What was the other, the other three elements? The story to it, which could be very much There's just within some the music. Kind of story about I think it. Love Supreme's kind of like that. Yeah, like the story is very much within the music. There's this little bit of vocals, but that's not necessarily the musical highlight. But it's the story and the spiritual highlight. But was of it. Love Supreme? There was a, a mystique to that record. Was it a hit in, in its day? No, it's been a slow burn. It's been a but slow burn. I mean, it was a hit for, for a jazz record, but not in terms of as a mainstream. But yeah. I would say that that's a. I don't know. Isn't that a mainstream record? It's as mainstream as a jazz acoustic jazz record. I feel like ever gotten. It's now it's like an iconic it's, record. Yeah, you know where like people will check it out when they when people go to learn about jazz, right? That's one. Yeah, they'll check out. but I mean, it's something that the 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 GP the general population has attached themselves to for sure. I don't think there's really any Jared. I don't think there's much predicting any of this either because right. you know there's musicians who are you know steeped in the tradition or know how to play and. They try to make commercially pop in music all the time. I mean, he right. mentioned R.H. Factor. Yeah. I don't know how big of a hit that was in the That's mainstream. That's what I'm saying. I love Supreme yeah. has sold way more records than, you know what yeah, I mean, yeah. than R.H. Factor. But I guess coming from the angle, maybe he's saying with the question, it's like, okay, if you have a record with grooves on it mm-hmm. and that is not as obvious, we talk about John Batiste's last record or whatever, not as obviously connected with jazz. Um, especially if you have vocals or whatever, is that the thing that makes it go mainstream? Yes, possibly. Yeah. You know, and if you look at, you know, Buena Vista very much like, you know, really examined and, and uh, exploited in a beautiful way, in, in not a negative way, exploited and exposed more the, these wonderful um, Cuban grooves that are very distinct and, and very particular but very universal, much in the same way a lot of great Brazilian jazz or jazz adjacent is as well. I mean, you talk about Sergio Mendez, you know, uh, and those records. I mean, those things were I mean, Chick Corea. Like, uh, didn't Chick Corea go um, with Return to Forever? Didn't that? Wasn't that mainstream? I guess so. But it was Herbie a, Hancock. It's chameleon? so hard too with this as well as we're talking about it. I'm realizing I'm like, confusing myself. <laughs> it's such a different time. You know, I mentioned yeah. like the Nora Jones thing. That was really the last era. When there would be a huge mainstream record, right? You know what I mean. Like now, everything is so because of streaming, yeah, and and the you know how music has gone so into you know these very distinct little boxes, and everybody can listen to what they want to listen to, and the yeah. radio is kind of dead. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's no big main. There's no. It's not going to be another Nora Jones or Michael Jackson or Stevie Wonder where it's like they just really connect like a groundswell of, yeah of, or even like yeah. a miles davis or cannonball adderley where you can make a, a popular record where someone in iowa although i say that but you know there are still things like um these internet institutions like tiny desktop concert right yeah where it's like you see someone like domi or jd beck made a tiny desk and everybody was talking about it and sharing it and someone in the middle of nowhere does know about Domi and JB, JD Beck but it is very right. still specific or Kirk Franklin you know that that right. tiny desk and that's just one example of that series I like but that like, one that's a great one yeah. but like that series you know is something that maybe connects people I yeah. guess I guess some there's a certain aesthetic to it that, that's cross genre right like it, because they'll have like Taylor Swift and 
people maybe that very right. few people SF Jazz Collector. They just SF did one. SF Jazz Collector. Yeah, yeah totally. Gary so Burton. I just pulled up <laughs> just so this is, you know, just the first thing that comes up on Google, the biggest jazz albums of all time. There's a couple that we forgot about that I'd be interested to see if you think these have gone mainstream. Okay. Um, Stan Getz, Getz Gibraltar. Yeah, of course. You know, that's mainstream, right? Totally. That's a jazz record. Yep. Um, and, and the reasons that I think we kind of hit on similar to the Buena Vista, there's a story there. That's yeah. not the first Boss and Nova record ever, but for a lot of people, it's the first and last. Well, and you it's, know, it's got a vibe. It's got a vibe, got a but that's vibe. like steeped. I mean, like that's steeped in the authentic Brazilian groove that is so universal, so primal for people around the world in, in much the same way as classical music, jazz, Cuban, African, West African, you know, many different things. Yeah, totally. Um, so, what are some other? I'm gonna name some others. This yeah, is yeah. gonna you're gonna be surprised with some of these. Um, and I, I can't really say that these sources are correct, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Billie Holiday, Lady in Satin. Yeah, definitely. I'm not surprised about that. Interesting. Yeah. That's not my favorite record of hers. It's an amazing record. It's not my favorite of hers, though, but for some reason, or something. Yeah, I mean, I think because the album, the cover is so great mm-hmm. and great songs on it. I mean, I got no, I got no problem with it. It's, it's a just, pop record too. Yeah. Um, Actually, that Stan Getz is not my favorite of his. I'm totally You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, oh, this is great, you know. Um, Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers, Monin. Great cover, grooving. See, is that mainstream? Yes, but see, this is a, I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure Monin was somewhat of a hit. This is back when you could have an instrumental hit. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, in the absolutely. mainstream. And I don't think that happens as much. I mean, when was the last instrumental hit? Maybe Axel F in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Someone knows it here. Yeah, or you know Herbie Hancock's Rocket. Right. You know what I'm saying? The era of the instrumental hit is almost over. I'm trying to. Does Caleb? Do you think of anything that might have a hit of that nature? The Mario Kart. <laughs> see the Mario Kart. That's a video game soundtrack. No, exactly. I just don't think there is one that would right. like chart like Monin probably was on the pop charts. Right, right. Okay, here's another one okay. that very much an instrumental hit. Day Brubeck, Time Out. Of course, Take Five is from there. One hundred percent. Sonny Rollins, Saxophone Colossus. Yeah, I think that's a yeah. that's a hit record. Um, great sound. Great. I see a lot of these. Like you would say, like, well, how come Sonny Rollins? There's like twelve other records we could think of that are just as great, but they might not have had all those elements. Well, yeah. the fourth element I mentioned was luck yeah. and timing. You oh, know, <laughs> I, I'm thinking of the probably the last era of instrumental hits. Kenny G, and I don't mean Kenny Jarrett. Oh, you kind Kenny of Jarrett. <laughs> Kenny yeah. Jarrett. I don't know Kenny Jarrett. Kenny Jarrett is Kenny J. <laughs> Kenny Jarrett. Kenny. Uh, Kenny. No, he was a, I don't a, mean Kenny a Garrett. NASCAR I mean. driving uh, alto player. Sponsored by Doritos. Dale Garrett. <laughs> Dale Garrett. <laughs> by the time this race is over. Oh God. Okay, Ornette Coleman, The Shape of Jazz to Come. No, that yes. wasn't a hit. Well, this is one of the. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the 50 best jazz albums. Yeah, I was going to say that's an amazing. <laughs> okay, record, Google. No you didn't come through. What are the? How about 100 jazz albums that shook the world? That sounds like a, a BS. <laughs> this list. is what happens when you Google stuff. Yeah, as I was going to say, where'd you get that Buzzfeed? <laughs> uh, Jazzwise.com. Jazz Jazz Buzz. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Anyway, but yeah, but some of these are actually. But you know what? Shape of Jazz to come. I bet you have sold half a million copies. I'm sure it did because people were buying a lot of copies back then. <laughs> well, no, no, but most. I mean, also, that's, it is iconic. We've never really given Ornette. That's a great do on this podcast, man. We got to give some. No, more we talk. Well, I mean, yeah, we should do more. But I mean, the thing is, it's a great album. Yeah. Sounds great. Great story that's yeah. connected with the title, 
and great title. You know what I mean? Charlie Hayden's playing on that entire record too. So incredible. Blue Train. I, I think the Blue Train uh, definitely kind of coming out of the instrumental hit thing. You know, starts out great, great sound. But I think the cover, that's one of the greatest, you know. Yeah. It's not necessarily what I would say is the greatest Blue Note cover, but I think a lot of people would see it as that. Ellington at Newport, that's on here. I mean, that's a... Yeah, you know, a lot of people if they have one. That's cool that it's a live record. Would have yeah. you know, kind of one. Anyway, I think we went too far into this. Wait, wait. I mean, we, <laughs> we went way past the we mainstream. Down well, that's what's fun. That's what I we like do. Your shirt, by the way. People can't. Uh, YouTube can see YouTube it. By the way, it, if you're listening to this, go subscribe to the You'll Hear It YouTube channel. We put all these episodes on YouTube. Yeah, it's looking good, Caleb. <laughs> we have but, three. We have three assignments for you for the our, for the dear listeners. Okay. okay, number one. Number one, go subscribe to the to the YouTube channel. Okay. You'll hear it. Whether there's will be a link below or a link to below wherever okay. you are. Um, whether you listen, even if you want to just listen to it on the pod, mm-hmm. you know, subscribe over there. That's there's you know there's some lively discussion that's starting to happen in the comments. I love it. And this episode will be on there. So go over there for lively comments. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, second thing you're going to do is leave us a rating review. Seven yeah. stars. Yeah, yeah. We're getting back to seven stars. Only seven stars. Yeah. Big boy stuff. No big, no, 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 no little boy stuff. In. It's a write in vote of seven stars. Right. Big girl, big boy, in. no little boy, little girl stars. Yeah. No, choose seven stars. Choose seven. I choose defiant jazz. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Choose, choose seven stars. Choose defiant jazz. And do that wherever you're consuming this podcast. Shape of jazz to come is kind of defiant jazz. It is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then the third thing is optional. Leave us a speak pipe at you'll hear it.com. Oh, that's a good one. So yeah. go to you'll hear it.com and leave us a message. We want to hear from you. Ask us your question and like Jared and we will ramble for 20 minutes. That's right. About that's right. Said question. We're going to do a whole episode coming up soon on these best jazz albums. We're going to debate this on the best jazz albums. Yeah. In fact, Let's we're going to do, do that in two days. So until then you'll hear it.